welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, I am so super duper excited to introduce you to my guest today. So he's not only one of my favorite people on the planet, he is somebody who has helped me to get out of pain <laughs> so many times over the years as a yoga person, as an athlete, as somebody who moves a lot. Uh, so I'm going to give you the official bio, and then I'll tell you a little bit about personally how I know him, uh, why I adore him, and why he's a guest today. So Brett Copeland is the founder and clinic director of Performance health, spine, and sport therapy. So he's here in Concord, New Hampshire. He's a super duper smarty pants and a sweetheart of a guy. Uh, he really knows his stuff. He really knows his stuff. And I have trusted him for many, many, many years, not only with the care of um, you know parts of my body when I am in pain, aching, my muscles hurt, my joints hurt, I did something stupid. <laughs> which you might hear about uh, on this episode. Um, Brett's always been somebody who helps me to help myself. He studied exercise science at Appalachian State University. He's a graduate of New York Chiropractic College in New York. He's not only a licensed chiropractor, he's also a certified strength and conditioning specialist. He has extensive training in soft tissue modalities, soft tissue modalities. And this is things called like ART, which is called, it's active release techniques. And he also does something that's called dry needling, which is fantastic. And the last time I went in to see him, he actually did both of those things for me. Uh, he has a passion for diagnosis, treatment, and rehabilitation of low back and hip dysfunction. And I can tell you that I have benefited <laughs> from him being super smart in these areas. Uh, like I said, he has helped me to get out of pain. Um, specifically, I can remember in my shoulder, in my hips and in my lower back, right? These are the places where uh, I sometimes do things, whether I'm lifting or running or I've done something in yoga or whatever. Uh, he has dedicated so much of his time and energy studying and implementing strategies to get his patients out of pain quickly and then back to their active lifestyles. Um, when you look at his list of continuing education, one of the things I love about my brother, Brett, is that he is uh, incredibly curious and he is a lifelong learner and he takes his service of other human beings and helping them to get out of pain quickly. He takes it really seriously and he not only can do it from a professional point of view because he is so studied and he has been doing this for a wicked long time and he has an incredible reputation. Um, he's also been there as an athlete. So he grew up as a soccer kid, played soccer his whole life. And then he also has completed uh, numerous endurance events. And we're talking things like uh, 100 mile endurance runs, Ironman Lake Placid, 
I mean, he he's a busy dude. Uh, he likes to go uh, running. He hikes 4,000 footers with his daughter. He shoots hoops with his son in the driveway. He's just really, really passionate about his work and the health and wellness of his patients. And, you know, he's always striving to provide the most recent and evidence-based therapies available. And like I said, he's a lifelong learner in his field, and he is constantly attending postgraduate courses to not only expand his personal knowledge, but to professionally better serve his patients. Um, when I was the yoga teacher, some of you may or may not know this, but I was the yoga teacher for the Manchester Monarchs professional hockey team for like five years. And whenever one of the guys, you know, and they had their own doctors and stuff like this, but I would always, this is how much I trusted Brett is that I would say, if you guys ever need help, this is the guy that I would refer you to. And he's also who I would um, send all of my triathlete uh, yoga students to. People who push their bodies hard, people who um, do more than the average bear, you know what I mean? And need their bodies to be working well to be not just working well, but to be working um, in, in the most optimum way possible. I have always entrusted um, those people into other people's, uh, into Brett's care. And it's a big deal when you can really trust somebody and you can give a referral without even having to think about it. When you just know, hey, I trust this person and I know that they're going to show up and pay attention and do the best that they can to be helpful. And there, and one of the other things, I guess one of the last things I'll say about Brett is that he's one of the most humble people you will ever meet. Uh, there is something that is just so endearing, that quality, you know, when somebody is brilliant at what they do. And uh, you guys have heard me uh, say this before, like uh, from, in other things, like walk softly, but carry a big stick, you know? So Brett walks really softly in the world, but man, does he pack a punch and carry a big stick in terms of his knowledge and how many people he has helped. And whenever I do a post about Brett on social media, the comment section just blows up. He is adored and beloved uh, in this area. But the great thing is that if you're local to New England, I mean, the great thing about New England is you can get to several states really fast. <laughs> so if you're in the surrounding area and you need help, with some ongoing pain or some chronic situation and you just you just like at your wits end and even beyond that just able to help in all kinds of way uh brett is an incredible and his team an incredible resource and uh so i just can't speak more highly of him and i really do hope that you enjoy this conversation you guys know i only have guests on maybe maybe like 12 times a year so that's some coveted real estate meaning uh, I normally do solo shows. So you know if I bring somebody on the show, they're either somebody that I love, somebody I'm wicked curious about, or somebody that I deeply respect and want other people in the world to know about them and their work. So you guys, I give to you my friend, my brother, one of my favorite people on the planet, Dr. Brett Copeland. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I am so excited. I am wicked excited to introduce you. You heard that you heard the intro, you heard the bio all about my beautiful friend Brett Copeland. And um you've also heard me talk about why I'm excited to have him on the show. Um but one of the things that I didn't say but that I love about Brett is Brett is one of the most talented yet humble people that I know. And he has never, this is his first time doing a podcast. So I'm super duper excited that he's, uh, he's doing it with me that we're like, we're, we're, we're getting to have this opportunity together. And he's one of my favorite people on the planet. 
And I just have no doubt by the time we get to the end of this episode, you're going to see why. So first of all, Brett, thank you so much for saying yes and for being on the show. You're welcome. Um, so let's just dive into something. So here's something that I always do at the beginning of the show when I have a guest. So, you know, it's kind of like when, when I'm asked to speak on a stage or to go do an event, when you come out, you know, they've introduced you and what they always love to do is they love to introduce you as you are now, like with whatever accolades you might have or why you're the quote unquote expert on stage. Right. And that's all great. Like read your bio, super fancy and amazing. But what I'm always wicked curious and interested in is like the little weirdo kid who grew into who this human being is. So in my work, you know, there's a process I called your story to your glory. And what we're often doing when we're doing podcast interviews is we're starting at the glory piece. And I'm always interested in the story piece as well. So just Let's start off. Tell me a little bit about you. Like, where did you grow up? Did you have siblings? What was what were you like as a kid? Like, were you weird? Were you shy? Were you athletic? Like, what was your deal as a kid? Uh, so I guess <clears throat> I was born in Sacramento, California. My parents were originally from Concord, New Hampshire. They they met each other in high school at Concord High. Oh. They got married right out of high school. Uh, dad went to the Air Force uh, for Vietnam, so he was eventually stationed out in California, came back, loved it out there, and so they eventually moved out there, had me, and then, so lived there until I was going into sixth grade, and then my grandmother was sick with MS, pretty bad, back here in New Hampshire, and so my parents were like, it's time to move home, um, so we picked up everything, and moved back to New Hampshire. Are you an only child? No, I have a sister. You do. So is she older, younger? She's uh, four years older. She just turned 50 two days ago. Fantastic. (laughs) Happy birthday, Brett's sister. Yeah, right. So you do actually have, so I lived in California for like eight years. You totally have a California vibe too. You have that very kind of like laid back, like just easy going kind of a thing. Now, I don't want to say you don't have bursts of energy because God knows we're going to talk about that, like yeah. endurance and vents and st- stuff like that. But you do. You just kind of have a nice, easy vibe. It's one of the things that you're one of those people who, you know, I said before that you're one of my favorite people, um, not only because you're charming and you're really talented and all those things, but you, my nervous system, when it gets in the field of your nervous system, it just kind of goes like, oh. Just kind of like relax. That's how I feel about you. Yeah. But it's true. So like when when I get to be in your presence, even if it's just on video, it's just always like ease and joy. And I have no doubt it's because you, I would say even whatever people believe and call it past lives or how you come through in this lifetime, you have probably always had that kind of like healer or helper energy about you. So like when you were a kid, though, like how does one decide, right? Like, oh, doctor of chiropractic, like how does that happen? So like, did you play sports as a kid? Was there any kind of inciting incident or something that made you lean towards this field? Like, how did we end up here as a chiropractor, not only as a doctor of chiropractic? And 
other things. We're going to get into all of this. But you're also the founder and the clinical director of your own place, right? The performance, it's, it's always a mouthful for me. The Performance Health Spine and Sport Therapy yeah. in Concord, New Hampshire. So like, how did we go from kid in, in California back to your parents' homeland to, to support your grandmother um, to now all of a sudden, like, here we are. So give us a little bit of those gap years. How did this, um, your passion for what you do, like, was there a moment when it occurred to you? Like, how did we end up here? Uh, it definitely evolved, but started early. So I remember going with my mother to the chiropractor. So my mom was super natural, very healthy. Right. And so she would go to this guy once a month and get the traditional chiropractic adjustment. Um, the interesting thing is that he was blind. This chiropractor was blind. Okay. Wait. First yeah, of yeah. all, I'm fascinated. Now, yeah, now no you kidding. just hooked me. You just hooked me big time. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, and I just remember going with her and having that experience and thinking, this is pretty cool. You know, like this is neat. I was young. I was little. Um, so I thought about it for years. It was kind of always in the background. I must've been like seven, eight, nine at that age. Yeah. Um, and then over time, like, you know, going through middle school, high school, things change. Um, and then, yeah, so I was pretty athletic in high school, played a lot of soccer, got hurt a lot. I was that guy that ran through brick walls to <laughs> score goals. And so always getting banged up. And so there was a guy uh, in Concord that I would go to, um, who's, I don't think he's practicing anymore, but he would, he would help me out. Um, and I think that that really is what triggered it. So then I went to school and then I realized, oh, physics, chemistry, organic, like I can't do this. It's too hard. So when you say so, school, do you mean high school or college? Where are we at? No, right undergrad, now? undergrad okay. school. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's all pre-med basically to get in. And so I tried, but I, I think I was just goofing off too much and I didn't have the commitment, you know? <laughs> so I thought, oh, this is too hard for me. I can't do it. So I took a couple of years off of school, eventually went back got serious about it and plowed through. Well, it's here. So go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, and then, and then going into chiropractic college, then it evolves even more. Right. Cause at first I was like, Oh, I just want to be your kind of general chiropractor, you know, working with nutrition and all this other stuff. And then once I got into um, chiropractic college kind of changed into like that sports performance kind of, yeah, there's a couple of things here that you, first of all, I have to go back. Let's go back to the blind chiropractor for a second <laughs> because I, I can't stop thinking about this. And um, first of all, so you know, I'm a certified hypnotist, right? I think I told you that last time I saw you. Yep. So here's what we know is that kids between the age of like zero, like still in the womb, right? That third yeah. trimester up till seven, they spend a predominant amount of the time in the brainwave states of alpha and theta when we're most impressionable. Sure. That's why my line of work, when people always say to me, you know, are you working, you only work with adults. It's too bad. Kids could really use this. I always say, well, technically I'm working with little kids in adult bodies <laughs> right. who are dealing with this stuff because so much of what gets imprinted on us when we're young. So I can imagine you being around that age, going into this guy's office. First of all, he's helping your mom. What's not to love yeah. about that. And then like you mm. said, something stuck with you, something impressed upon you. And it was always in the back of your mind. So I find that fascinating, but I would love to know after all these years, now as an adult looking back, 
do you think that him not having sight made him more gifted in maybe listening to his clients and what was wrong or what they're reporting and also made him more tactile with his hands? What do you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He had a lot of great questions and I was little, so it's, I remember, I remember it very well. I don't remember conversations and things of that nature, but I remember him like working on her and just, you know, not really looking at her, right. Just kind of gazing off. And I don't know. It was crazy. It was crazy. I would say it's energetics too. Yeah. I would say there's some, some energy happening there. And I'll say this. I, when I lived in California, I hung out with a guy who um, was a chiropractor and he did like old fat, the old fashioned adjustments and stuff like that. And he used to do this one adjustment on me. You'll probably know, I don't know the name of it, but he would like put me on my side and then do this thing like, and my hips would, and I would, every time he did it, I would just burst into laughter. I don't know why it made me crack up laughing. I don't know if it was the sound it made, the way it felt, but I think there was something that was released every time he did that. Yeah. And we were friends. He'd be like, shut up. Like he tried to put his hand <laughs> over my mouth because I was making too much noise. But I was like, it was the most incredible feeling when that tension in my low back and my hips like got released. Um, so I just know, we know the energetics of the spine. We know the information superhighway. So I'm just fascinated by this gentleman kind of reading your mother's spine like Braille and like exactly. just getting yeah. his hands on her body. So I, I just could not let that opportunity pass. Yeah. So, okay. So let's fast forward. So here we are, um, because you're not just, um, you're not just, and I don't mean just like, oh, you're just a chiropractor. I don't mean it like that, but you're also a certified strength and conditioning specialist, a coach, right? Yep. I have that certification. I don't do one-on-one coaching with that. Uh, I have in the past, but, um, I think it's, it's a, it was a credential that I went for that just gave me, like, if someone was looking at, at me as a potential person to see, they would see that credential and be like, okay, this guy at least has an idea of what he's talking about for strength <laughs> conditioning. Right. Cause it's a huge part of what we do. It's a huge part of rehab. Like it's big. Yeah. So I want to, I want to touch on that because for me, um, so much of the work that you do in your line of work, and I want to get into the fact that, um, again, not just a chiropractor, not just a strength and conditioning specialist or coach. Uh, also you have, when I was looking at your bio, right. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have my friend on, but I still got to do my homework and do this right. You know, I do, right. I do. but when I go and I look at you and your quote unquote list of credentials, I see not only a shit ton, you guys like, so just so you know, I don't know if I told you, this also goes on YouTube. So there's video and audio, but you guys, I want you to see, look at, look at all these trainings beyond, right? Like, look at all these trainings. Okay. But there's a pattern in these trainings. You clearly found several things that light you up, Sure. which we can talk about like AIT, dry needling, back and hip function and mobility, getting people out of back pain, which we're definitely going to talk about on this. Um, <clears throat> right now, we're just kind of building the foundation of why are we listening to this guy? Like, who is yeah. he and how do we get here? But I clearly see these places where you're really passionate and that you lean towards. So 
you just said that you're like, okay, then it started kind of going more into like working with athletes, but you also, um, have done some really athletic endeavors, like endurance races. You did the, Iron, you've done Ironman Lake Placid. So how did soccer, kid who played soccer turn into, I'm going to go fucking run a hundred miles. Like what is that about? Uh, good question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So I had a good friend of mine, uh, who I grew up with. Um, actually when I moved to New Hampshire, I met him in seventh grade and we've been buddies since, hmm. but he always had this thing in high school. Like he would get on his bike and go ride from Derry, New Hampshire to Alton just for fun. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of crazy. So eventually we went to the same school together. He jumped into this 50 mile race, uh, did some training for it. It's a trail run. At what age are we talking? So that was 19, 20 years old, something like that. Okay. And so when you do these ultra marathons, you usually have someone that crews for you, right? So it's a 50 mile point to point race. And let's say there's aid stations every, I don't know, four or five miles. Mm -hmm but you can have your crew show up at like every other, right? So I would kind of jump along and I'd see all these guys, guys, women come through. And that was exciting. I was like, oh, cool. I would love to do something like that. It's such a great adventure, right? That you get to go out in the woods and run and suffer Wait, a little bit. When you say I would like to do something like that, you mean not just crew, you mean like be the one oh, yeah, yeah. suffering. Yeah, in I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to crew this. I want to actually do it. But that was my first introduction, right? Like helping yeah. through this race. Yeah. And so the next year, I think it was the next year, maybe this, the year after, uh, it was 1999. My first race ever was 50 miles. Wait, and okay, wait, I so, want to let that, wait, let's just, let's just let that sink in for a minute. So yeah. you kind of- It wasn't of went, a smart thing. It wasn't the best idea, but- Remember the last time I was in to see you and, and I always do these posts after I come and see you because my, the shit that gets me in to see you is not usually quote unquote, these big injuries. It's yeah. stupid shit that I'm doing to myself. So you yeah. always say to me things like, yeah, here's your here's your diagnosis, right? These are my words, not exactly what you say, but you're like, let's not go from zero to 60. Okay, let's not go from sitting around a lot to going out and running like 20 miles a week, right? right. So here you are, first race ever. And, and that's exactly what I did. I did that. Exactly. exactly what I did. Yeah. So, so it was a 12-hour time limit. Oh, my God. And I think my time was like 11 hours and 30 minutes, somewhere around there. So it was like a struggle to finish and I was a mess cramping. I crossed the finish line and everything seized up and yeah. So a mess, uh, wait, let's give them, let's put it in perspective. Yeah. So when does the, when do you hit the first pain cave? Or as I say, did you see Jesus at the turnaround? Like what, at what point do you start suffering in your first race, 50 miles running? And the uh, train I think is it's, what? What's the train? Yeah, it, it's, I think that, it's around, like you start getting uncomfortable around cause it's all trail and you know, you're up and down mountains. I think that you start figuring out like, okay, this is going to be a long day around 17, 18, 19 miles. You're starting to get sore. You're not even halfway through. So um, <laughs> that's when you're kind of like, shit, what did I do? How did I, why did I do this? This is crazy. So you start feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> then eventually you come out of it. Right. And then you go back into it you come out of it and you go back into it. It's just this roller coaster of 
emotion. So when you, yeah, so basically what you're battling out there, yes, the elements, the terrain, but it's really your own mindset and how you talk to yourself and how you think. 100%. So did you find yourself, did you think of yourself as capable? Let me put it this way. Were you surprised and like, this is harder than I fucking thought it was going to be? Were you self-talking like, come on, man, you can do this? Like, what's your inner voice? What is your inner critical voice? Like, is it more... Like I always talk about like when I'm running, like when I run here around my house, it's so it's so hilly. Right. So I have this one hill I run Oak Hill and I say, man, this is when I had to David Goggins myself. Like I had to Goggins myself, I say. So like I, I start talking to myself and then like I'll pull in a snippet of Sean Snow and like I just yeah. start pulling in the people who have helped me over the years. Right. So what's your internal voice like when you're like, I need to get this done after the whining? Do you positive self-talk or do you don't be a pussy like river? Like, how do you talk to yourself? All of it. Like, um, <laughs> I think that there's never a question of quitting, right? But there's a question of feeling sorry for yourself because you heard it's painful. And then you're like, why did I sign up for this? This is dumb. But then once you're in that bad spot for a while, then eventually it's like, okay, let's go. Like stop being a poos, right? That's what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a poos. Let's get it going. Like let's rock. And then eat some food, drink some water, maybe slow down just a little bit, get it together and then keep going. Now you weren't married at that time, right? You and Jen no. weren't together yet. So no. you this is when you were a young guy. Okay. Yeah. So and then you go on to do like triathlons and stuff. Here's why I think it's so important. And why I love this about you and why I love that you got your sort of your certified strength and conditioning specialist thing, too. I always feel like if you're going to be serving that kind of clientele, it's so much more helpful, first of all, for them to feel understood by you. Right. And also a certain amount of respect. Like this guy knows what it's like to be out there doing an Ironman, because I think that's how you kind of came into my world is that I was working with all these triathletes as a yoga teacher and you know, your name came up and then I don't know, like I just show, I don't know how I ended up. I just remember being in your first office and being like, I like this guy. <laughs> I don't <laughs> right. even know if I came in for an appointment. I don't even know yeah. what it was, but I met you. Um, but I met you through this community of people who do damage to their bodies consistently. Sure. Yeah. And you were like one of the go-to guys. Like you're kind of legendary. Every time I come in and see you, which is rare, right? Like I come right. in, I'm I'm more like wait till I'm like, yeah, I can't fix this on my own. Time time to go <clears throat> see my buddy Brett. Time to go see my brother. Um, but I kept hearing your name come up. And then every time I do a post about you, the response in the comment section of my Facebook feed, people just Dude, just receive this because I know they fucking love you. They fucking love you. People are like, Brett has saved me. Brett's gotten me back into action faster than anybody. Brett's the best. I mean, like they just, the love festival that happens when I post about you, um, which I totally understand why because I know you and I love you and adore you. But um, there's also because I think that they, under first of all, you love helping people. Yeah. You're wicked smarty pants. You're a lifelong learner. You can tell that you're passionate, not only about what you do, 
but um, about helping people. And this is important because we're going to we're going to shift now to professionally. And I want to hear all about your work. But I let me just I won't put it on you. I'll put it on me first. I have been to a bunch of different chiropractors in my lifetime. I know who operates from the same kind of energy that I do, which is I'm not interested in creating codependent relationships. Right. I'm interested in pointing back to your own inner resources and saying, you know, like, like, like when you know when Dorothy and the <clears throat> Wizard of Oz at the end, they say, you know, you've had the power inside you all, of, all along to go home, like to do sure. whatever. So my... I have been in situations where you go to see them, a chiropractor, and no matter what your issue is, they've got a plan. And it's like three visits for three months, no matter what. Or there's people who do like traditional adjustments. There are people who get the little thing where they click on you. Yeah. There's like bio stimulate. Like there's so many things. My sense with you has always been, how can I, first of all, you listen, you are an incredible listener. You pay really close attention. You have all these qualities that I love, okay? You pay really close attention. You ask wicked good questions. Um, you have us move and assess. You're paying attention. You're assessing the situation. But it seems to me your goal is always to get us back to doing what we love, get us out of pain, help us to help ourselves. And I just feel like people can feel the love that you have uh, not only for the, for the work that you do, but for the people that you serve. Wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah. How do I comment on that? Um, <laughs> for me, like the codependency, like it, I think you, you need to have some empathy a bit for the people, whether they're going to do an Ironman or whether they are just looking to walk a mile and a half, right? Like I see people who have, you know, people in their seventies that have really bad low back pain that can't stand for more than five minutes at a time. Hmm. So it's this, it's the same goal, right? Like, um, and you're just looking to get them, uh, to, to teach them what's going on, explain it and what they can do for themselves. Um, yeah, the last thing that I want is someone to be dependent, right? Yeah. And give people energy to do the right thing. And that was a, you know, it's a funny thing. Like when I started practice, my goal was to, my thought was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not a salesman, right? You know this, right? Like I, I'm not into that. So I'm not, I'm not gonna try and talk people in to coming to see me. So it was like, how am I going to do this? So my goal was like, you know, I'm going to try the people that I see, I'm going to try and get them better faster than anyone else. And then out the door. And if they have a good experience, they'll tell their friends. Good old word of mouth. Yeah. And that's how it, that's how it's been built, you know? Um, so I never, I never got into the, you know, three times a week for three months and you know, all of that. I just, if I could see someone once and they never have to come back. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, let's talk about your practice and because it is busy, you are in demand. Um, and because, and because the word of mouth has worked. Okay. So that, that's the thing. So 
Tell us a little bit about the performance health spine in sport therapy. So you're in Concord, uh, but tell us what, because you have some other great practitioners who also mm. work with you, what, yeah. that we that a lot of us locally know, Kanoa and Ryan and whatever. But just tell us a little bit about the business itself and like what kind of services and stuff you guys offer. And then I have some very uh, specific questions for you. Yeah, so from the very beginning, um, I always wanted to have some sort of multidisciplinary practice, right? There's not just... I didn't want it to just be me. So early on, I knew that I wanted to incorporate physical therapy, uh, maybe massage. Um, you know, I had an acupuncturist um, working, uh, leasing space for me early on. Mm -hmm. So I've always thought that the more people to help one person, if, if I can't figure it out, maybe someone else can. We can communicate about it, say, this is what I'm seeing. Um, they're not getting better. Can you have a look and see what you think? Um, so I've always had that idea of working together with people of different, um, just different perspectives, right? Um, you know, and it's someday, I don't know, like, you know, maybe we'll have an MD in that can, you know, do injections or like, so kind of like a one-stop shop for good quality care like a, like it's almost like um and i could have the terminology wrong because i'm not in your business but almost like for lack of like an institute or a clinic like where you can like literally that one-stop shop so it's like oh you come in and you need because already the way that your practice is designed like let's just talk about the building you know you have a couple of rooms off to the left where we call them you know, where you see your, your people, but then yep. there's like a whole like PT area with like the rubber mats and the weights and uh, the treadmill where you can check out runners gates or the way people are walking. And so you have this team of people. And I, I love what you said because I'm all about helping people shift perspectives. And it's always about like, Hey, having a different perspective because your best thinking is what got you here right now. Right. right, right. So shifting in my work, I would say shifting from a thought system of fear to a thought system of love, but what you guys are doing and it requires, it goes back to this humility piece, this humbleness that you have being able to say, I don't know. Right. And asking somebody else who has a different skill set or point of view or modality, healing modality, like that, that's how you know you're in a place that's based on healing and love versus ego. Right. And so you've brought in some really fantastic people who you get to work alongside every day as well. Yeah, we got a great crew. Um, three physical therapists, me, another chiropractor. Um, we're pretty much maxed out right now for, for yep. space. Um, but yeah, it's been great. I mean, and you know, I'll see someone come in that will see me for the first visit and I'll say, okay, our goal right now is to get you out of pain as quickly as possible, but then you need to build some strength, increase your mobility. Yes. And I have people that are really good at that. I can do it too, but I have people that do that part better. So right. I think, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, that's a, I mean, yeah. I think having the opportunity, um, to utilize, you know, different professions for the success of one patient, one client, whatever you want to call it, um, 
is, has been great. Yeah, I think it's really fantastic. And also you have an amazing front desk crew. So your wife, Jen, works there and uh, I, I adore her too. Um, so when you walk in, it's just a feel good spot. People are friendly. They're happy to see you all the time. It's organized. It's clean. It's nice. I just can't say enough about it. So look, at if you're listening right now and you've got some back pain, you got, you're suffering in some way physically, go see my guy. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, he's going to help you out. But let's, let's get into that because one of the things that I saw when I was looking at all of your continuing education, these things, these skill sets. So when I come to see you, quote unquote, Mr. Chiropractor, Mm-hmm. We mostly do soft tissue work. It's not yeah. even like you, I don't even remember the last time you quote unquote really adjust. I'm doing air quotes for those of you who are listening, yeah. like quote unquote cracked me, adjusted me, as I would say, whatever. So you do um, two things. So ART, active release technology, soft tissue stuff, and then dry needling, which I'm fascinated by as well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. And then I want to dive deep into who you most commonly see, like if, cause if somebody's listening to this, cause we'll probably title this something maybe on back pain. I don't know what we're going to call <clears> it yet, but somebody's going to be listening and I want to dive deep into why that interests you so much. And then some of the things that you commonly see, and then maybe a few things that we can, some tips or helpful things for, to, for the listeners, but talk a little bit about, so you have your chiropractic, the bones, the adjusting, all that stuff. Yeah. And then you have these other skill sets. So tell me like why AIT, why dry needling? And, and well, to go back to the, the, the chiropractic manipulation, right? There is not everybody um, should have that, right? There are some people, so I do, I adjust everybody in some form, right? So if I have a woman who is 68 years old, who I suspect has, significant degenerative changes, arthritis in her neck, I'm going to, I'm going to take a different approach, right? Like I'm going to mobilize the joints, uh, loosen them up a bit, but I'm not going to do that high velocity <laughs> adjustment because that's not the only yeah. tool I, that I have. Right. Yeah. It's very important. And, and that my approach to someone with the same, but similar pain who is, you know, in their mid thirties, then we probably would do that adjustment. Right. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on that person's prior experience with other chiropractors. Like the big thing is like, you know, I once had my neck adjusted and it scared the shit out of me. Like, don't do that. I'm like, okay, you know, don't worry about it. I won't do that. We got, we got other things we can do. So let, Um, yeah. Okay. Wait, can we touch on that really quickly? So I would, I would not, I use the word sin jokingly here. Okay. Do you sometimes feel like when somebody comes in to see you that you're like at the mercy of the sins of your fellow, like your previous previous brethren who have just done some shit. Like you said, like, you know, if you don't give somebody a warning, like I remember the first time my neck was adjusted, I literally, my head was like, holy shit. Like I was not expecting that. Right. Yeah. So in, in there's gotta be some connection too. You know, we often think about chiropractors as adjusting our bones, but it's the muscles, it's the nervous system. It's all these other things that are being sure. affected by that. So, so sometimes like somebody's coming in and you're like, oh man, I've got to be extra on my best behavior because they've already seen somebody who's scared them, done some damage or whatever. And you know, it's funny. It's like, when, so when I first got out of school and I was a chiropractor and I went out into the world and started my practice right away. I was starting to get that vibe of like, oh, he's a chiropractor. I've been to that before, 
right? I've, I've yeah. seen chiropractors before. And in my mind, I'm like, but this is, I'm di- this is different, right? And so there was a certain point early on that I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like, this is not, yeah. I don't want to like be this person. So I, I looked into going back to physical therapy school. I looked into like, you know, what would it take to be a nurse practitioner to kind of do my own thing and just have a different approach. And now that, so I looked at those avenues, they closed um, a lot for lots of reasons, but I would know, I wouldn't want to be anything else right at this point. So, so that, that's just, I don't know. That was something early on that I was like, I went through this phase of like, this is not what I want. Well, it's not that what you didn't, what you didn't want, if I'm hearing you correctly, you always wanted to do what you're doing. What you didn't want is the stigma and all of the, because there are people who literally think the chiropractors are quote unquote quacks. Like, oh, it's like, it's, it's like bullshit. It's like a snake oil salesman. They're not really doing anything um, because people have, you know, particular experiences. And then, but here's the thing, by the time they come to see you, if we go back to our word of mouth theory. It's because somebody they trust has referred them to you right. or they're in enough pain that they're ready to take, give it another shot or like, yeah. or, you know, but so it's either highly recommended or I'm, I'm in need. And you have such a fantastic reputation. I have no doubt that people just, it's like, I got a guy, I got a guy. Here's who you need yeah. to go see. I say that all the time about you, but yeah, you're working against the grain of a larger cultural box, a label that got slapped on you. So what you didn't want is to be the guy that they're like, oh yeah, this guy. Oh yeah. He's a chiropractor. Right. And you're like, oh no, man, I just want to help people. So, but you push through it. Push through it. And it's totally changed, right? Like referrals from orthopedists, MDs, like all that stuff that you wouldn't have thought would ever have happened. You know, you build trust, right. And that's what happens. Let's talk about that. So trust is key. I think in any relationship, when you are in some ways going to somebody in need, first of all, you're vulnerable. And so there's this position of power, right? You're the almighty, like, you know, you know, things that I don't know. And I have to be vulnerable and I have to come in and I'm injured. And it's kind of like, please help me. And if I don't trust this guy, if if people don't trust you, not only, first of all, they won't, they won't ever come back, (laughs) but then they're probably not going to do their follow-up care. So what, this is an off topic thing, right? But tell me how you think about building trust with a client. Like what's your approach maybe? Um, I think, uh, I think, when I have someone come in for the first time, it's giving them space to talk. Um, it is a lot of times there, you can just sense the anxiety a bit. And there are times that this difficult person comes in. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to be this guy's best friend at the end (laughs) of this visit. Right. He's going to love me. And it's not, but it's all about just listening and paying attention and, um, thoroughly explaining what's going on if I can at that point and then giving them like a way out, right? Like this is not you forever. We can, we can make some changes. Okay. I literally- and, if, and if we don't make changes, these are our other options. Right. But yeah, I, I'm going to be best friends with the person before they leave. I just got emotional. I literally just <laughs> felt myself tearing up because 
I see everything that I, I see. I see so many things through the lens of there's always going to be my yoga teacher brain, right? There's always going to be me looking at people's posture, how they stand, how they stand, like whatever. That's always going to be in there. But I see so many things through the aspect of storytelling and spirituality. And you might push back against this. So you don't have to agree with me. I'm just telling you what I think. The work that you do, although it's heavily based in uh, physicality, right? In the physical realm, in the physical body. And yes, there's some this the mental piece of it too, but you're doing deeply spiritual work, whether you think of it that way or not. Right. One of the things that I always say is uh, one of the greatest ways that we show love is to pay attention. And part of the healing process, Brett, begins the moment when they step into your room and you start listening. That's when healing that miracle is already on the way at that point, because here is somebody, somebody who cares, who listens and who pays attention right there. You've created a, a, a possibility for healing and love to happen, which is so powerful. And everything you just said, I just felt myself welling up because I just I've never had I've had, you know, the only chronic <clears throat> condition I've ever had is irritable bowel syndrome. Right. And that's its own. That's its whole own thing. But when I think about people who are in chronic pain and what chronic pain leads to, whether that's drug use, addiction, um, lack of intimacy, lack of connection, irritability, not being able to be creative, not being able to move your body. When I think about what the desperation, like there's so many things in the fact that you help people when they're at their wits end, yeah. or when they're not able, when you're, when, and, and I want to, I haven't forgotten about, I'm going to be his best friend because there's something in that as well. <laughs> um, but the work that you do, and I don't, you're, you're so humble. I don't think you're going to accept this, but like, do you understand like how important it is this work that you do? Like, do you kind of get it? It gives me joy. And I think that that's all that matters. So yeah, when I see, so yesterday was a perfect example at a, a, a woman in who ha, has two small kids. She'd been in back pain for over a year. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, we're going to, we'll take care. We're going to fix it. We'll figure it out. If I can't figure it out, we'll find a way. And she started crying. And it was because she's been Suffering. kind of pushed off from one person to the next person feeling hopeless, you know, and like, this is never going to get better. So she's like, I had to call my primary care, hopefully in a week or so I can get in. I'm like, all right, let's take care of this right now. I'm sending out for x-rays. And did I think that there was something massively wrong or no, but it just gave her some confidence, right? It's like, okay, we're at least taking that step. If we need an MRI, we can get that. But in order to get an MRI, you got an x-ray first. So it was just like tears. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, this has been really hard. I'm like, I got you. We'll take care of it. This is the end of it, right? This is the end of that. Well, that's hope. European. Yeah, that's hope. Like that's what you're administering is like, I see you, I hear you, yeah. I care about you. We're going to do something about it. You're not just passing the buck. You're not just passing another person off. And so many people of this day and age, Brett, just feel like they don't matter. So right. what you're telling people is what you're feeling matters. What, what's going on matters and I'm going to, I'm going to help you. And so let, let's talk about, I want to, oh God, I could talk to you for like hours about all of this because there's more that's going on than just 
I'm adjusting people and helping them with their things. So tell me some of the, I know you say that you see a lot of people and you see a lot of trends as you called it. I don't know what you meant by that, but I've heard you say this before. I see a lot of people in pain. I see a lot of trends and I get, you get asked a lot of the same questions. I imagine or you get asked like, so what's one of the most common things you see? And then maybe let's drop a few, if we have them, some helpful tips for people or not like just ways that people can help themselves. Um, some quick fixes to help as you call it. I mean, I would say obviously for me, the most common thing is low back pain, hip pain, neck pain, right? It's kind of what I do. Um, if someone comes in, they're like, Oh, my wrist kind of hurts. I'm like, I'm not really that good at that. So <laughs> that's where, you know, I've got other options for you. I'm like, I don't really know. Like, that's not my thing. Um, okay, shoulders, so hips, neck, low back. You do shoulders too. Cause you're yeah, yeah, you so shoulders, yeah, yeah. hips, low back and, um, neck. Yeah. Like here. Yeah, the tour. I'm, I'm, yeah for, yeah, for those of you who are listening and not watching, he just kind of went from like, like chin, like neck level down to his waist, his hips. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. That's so this my, is that's your, my... this is your area right here. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> here, right. not so much. You know, yeah. the, the limbs, the arms. I don't yeah. know. Um, sorry. What was the question? The question is some of the most common things that you see. Yeah. And some quick, uh, quick fixes to help, as you say. Well, I think, um, I think the quick fixes is tough. I think the, uh, uh, probably a better thing to kind of talk about a little bit would be a, like when to go see someone, right. I have people jump into this, to our office that should have probably been in six months prior. Okay. I have some other people that come in way too soon. I have to say, it's cool. You're good. <laughs> you can, you can run through this. Like, all right. All so right. let's, Let's frame this as uh, when to when to quote unquote push through pain versus when to seek help. Yeah, um, I have a so you, everyone goes to the doctor at some point with pain, and they say the typical thing is on a zero to ten scale, what is your pain level? Sure. Some people say twelve, and I'm like, well, that's not an option. Uh, I know you're and you're and you're here talking to me, so it's not a twelve. <laughs> so I have to say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> on on a <laughs> on a zero to ten pain scale, right? Like, yeah. let's say zero is no pain. Uh, one two is an awareness. Three four is discomfort, and five is when your brain is like, okay, this hurts. Yeah. And then ten's like we're going to an ER, right? Like this is bad. <laughs> Things are bad. And usually, what I tell people is like, you can work through ones, twos, threes some fours, maybe if it gets to a five, when your brain's like, this is painful, this hurts, even just a little bit, you know, that's when you need to probably do something about it. You can give it some time, give it some rest, see if you can get it under control. But yeah, I think, and even when we see people with like an Achilles problem, right. Yeah. Um, I'm okay if they run and it stays at like one, two, three, um, as long as it doesn't get worse. Let's talk about this. So remember back in the day, because uh, this is like a geographical, physical thing, mental. It's probably more of a mental thing. So New Englanders, East Coasters, we are notorious for suck it up and stuff it down. You're just going to push through it. And if it doesn't hurt, you're not gaining any, like all these things, right? There tends to be a mentality sometimes, not everybody, obviously, 
but this mentality of like asking, you know, seeking help, asking for help is weakness. I can figure this out, like all this stuff. So I remember when you and I did, P.S. by the way, our Wicked Popular, uh, remember when we did our workshop together on self-adjustment, like in foam rolling and stuff. And so, I mean, that thing was packed to the gills. Everybody wanted in on it. And one of the things you had to reiterate several times, which goes to my point, is that, you know, people will get on a ball or a foam roller and they just like, if it hurts, cram on that thing, rock on that thing, yeah. do the thing with the rolling pin thing, right? And you were like, no, 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 if it's already inflamed, if it's already tender, whatever. So can you talk to, yes, here's this pain scale, but how about like what not to do? And I know, P.S., you guys, this is not quote unquote medical advice. Don't be getting like, use your common sense, but just in general, when you have something tender, sore, an Achilles thing, whatever, <clears throat> just maybe give people a little bit of uh, awareness or self-love about like what not to do in those cases. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things I see the most, and this could be a hip issue, this could be an Achilles issue, it could be a low back issue. The the standard for years is like if it hurts, stretch it right? Um, <laughs> stretch it, really stretch it. So like sciatica people, too. They're, yeah. The, the impulse and, is my sciatica hurts. I'm going to stretch it. Right. And so the thing about soft tissue, whether that's muscle or tendon um, or nerve for that matter, right? Is that if you have like, um, let's say the hamstring, you strain your your hamstring, right? And the fibers are like this, you strain it, it pulls and separates, and then it's tight and it's sore. But if you're down, like touching your toes and you continue pulling that tissue, it could slow the healing process down a little bit. So there are some instances that it's okay to stretch through some awareness or discomfort, but you don't want to stretch through pain or you don't want to like recreate your symptoms, right? Like if your hip hurts, Yes. And you're like hammering it up against your chest and you're like, oh, that's the pain. That's my pain. I'm going to stretch it out. It's very likely that you're causing more problems. So when you have something that's already inflamed and cranky and uncomfortable, getting in there with like a Theragun or a, a foam roller or a ball in a, that stuff. In a- so, so some of that I think is okay, right? Because you're not, you're not lengthening the tissue. You, you're... I would say like, if there is, there's a point right in your butt, right. That people get on the ball and they're like, when I hit this one spot, it's like um, it hurts so good. I'm like, well, yeah, that's yeah. your sciatic, that's your sciatic nerve. And you're, you're just putting more compression on it. Like you're okay to work around it, but like, don't hammer that. Don't hammer it. Yeah. yeah. So try to be smart. Yeah. I just think that it's so interesting how, you know, we come into this world in a body but there's like no instruction manuals. No. And most people are like, not always sure, like what to put in it, how to take care of it. Like when rest versus push through it. It's like, so having somebody like you, where you can come to and say, hey, this is what's happening. Like so often, like I know my body pretty well, like I'm pretty aware, but even, even still what ends up happening when I come to see you, it's when I've been doing a repetitive behavior for so long, like sitting with my legs crossed or going from zero to 60, right? That it's like, it's actually my body's way. Like, let's talk about this when pain, pain sometimes, I think of pain as like, um, 
helpful because it's giving you feedback. Like, Hey, you're doing something that hurts. Right. So can we talk about our relationship with pain a little bit or what you think about pain? Yeah. I mean, pain is not bad. Like it's not a bad thing unless, you know, it's keeping you awake at night, right? You're, you know, obviously having an effect on how you feel the next day, you're exhausted, you're fatigued and every night's, you know, you're in pain. So in situations like that, you have to deal with that, but pain is, it's part of being a human, right? It's just, it's going to happen. It's going to happen to all of us and it's okay to a certain point. Right. And um, I think that's where, for me, the management with people. So if someone comes in with pain of whatever, it's managing that it's helping them guide them through it, what they can and can't do. Um, you know, other suggestions. Um, if like, if I see something that I know just from clinical experience is not going to change, like someone comes in with an arthritic knee and I kind of flex it and bend it and it's, they're jumping off the table or a hip. It's like your, your hip, it's arthritic. Like, I hate to tell you that, but like this one, see how this one moves. This one's really nice and loose. And then this one hurts when I push it in certain positions. Yeah. Like that's, that's arthritis. We can send you out for an x-ray. It's not going to change anything. It's just the way it is. But if someone is, I'll do my best to teach this person how to avoid the positions, uh, movements that are making their symptoms worse. And oftentimes for the people that are stretching through it, right. Oftentimes if we pull that out, pain level comes down and it's just educating them on that. Um, if it doesn't change, it's like, we got to go to ortho, right? You can, your options either live with this and just manage it on your own, but you're losing sleep at night. Quality of life. Yeah. So if I see something like that right away, it's like, you know, we got to look into this a little bit deeper. I'm not saying have a hip replacement, but let's maybe try an injection and see if that helps. An injection of like corticosteroid. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you said two things there that I want to jump off of. Um, When you say ortho for those people who are listening, what is What do you mean when you say that? Okay. So orthopedics deal with basically points and bones and muscles and yeah. Perfect. Okay. So they're there to fix major problems. Okay. So when, when it's out of your scope, like, you know, your lane and you're like, this is not my lane. So let me refer you to somebody who can, I think can actually help you. Okay. Number one, number two, you said, um, I don't want to have to tell you this, right? Like I don't, but this is arthritis. So we, we, I would like to hear about like, what's it like when sometimes you have to um, have difficult conversations with patients? Is that one of those things that you might consider a difficult conversation? I think it used to be, but now it's just the, it's truth, right? Like I had someone the other day, she gave me her whole history and right away, I'm like, she's got an arthritic hip. That's what's going on. Like, I'm just, and so then I do the exam and she said, I've been to four chiropractors. They keep adjusting my hips and it hasn't changed. I'm like, well, it's not going to, right? This is, <laughs> this is a structural issue. Here are your options, right? And she wasn't in a lot of pain. She wasn't losing sleep at night, but um, I had to tell her, I'm like, this is not an alignment issue. Your, your hips are arthritic. 
So can you tell, for, for those of us who, what does it mean when something is arthritic? Like what's really going on? I mean, I know you're not like, just in general, like what does that mean? So if, if I see someone with a, a hip right issue, what I say is, right, it's a ball and socket joint. Yes. Right? The, your left hip has this much space, so your hip can move around really well. So, so right? those of you who are listening, he's basically got his hand in the air, like, and he's using his other fist right underneath it. Like, if you could imagine a little ball in a socket. Ball like, and socket, know? yeah. And so in the left version, there's a good gap there. There's some space there's good, there. Yeah, there's space. The hip's moving well. The other yeah. side, it looks like this, right? More compact. So uh, that top piece is space. right on top of it. Yeah, pretty. It could be close. It could be close. Yeah. Um, and you know, people often say, oh, it's bone on bone. Eh, yeah. In some cases it can be, but, um, but yeah, it's clear in exam oftentimes that that person has arthritis and that's a major pain generator for people. So arthritis, does it mean that is arthritis like a lack of space? I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Does it mean that there's like, there's a lack of space? Does it mean that the bones are um, I think of, I always think of arthritis as like cranky joints, but it usually, I always think of it as inflammation. Am I wrong in that thing? No, no, no. That's true. But like, there's usually decreased joint space, oh, wherever, right. wherever that is decreased joint space. And oftentimes when your body senses some sort of instability in a joint, it, it builds more bone, right? So sometimes oh. you get these like little spurs and things like that. They're yeah. contributing to some of the pain as well. I remember one of the first times when I was on the table and, you know, we were doing in yoga, we'd call it wind relieving pose or whatever, pulling, pulling one knee up towards, you know, my chest or, or two knees. And I would always be like, yeah, when I do that, that like does this thing. And you would say to me, yeah, we'll stop doing that. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, but, but like, that's like, and this is what I see a lot in the yoga world. You know, we could talk about like things that we see that make us crazy or whatever. It's like the, the job isn't to adapt the person to the I mean, adapt. Yeah. So like a lot of times we think of a pose as being static and it's like, I'm going to make my body do this pose. I'm like, right. we're not in service to the pose. This is about the person and right. allowing your body to work within that range. But for so long, I would just be like, like, I remember when I first started doing yoga, like back at BU, like when I was 19 or whatever, and I would like pull my knees into my chest and I'd be like, oh, that kind of catches on that right side. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, fuck it. Just keep, you know, yeah, keep going. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it, it made me laugh when you first said to me, I remember I did a post one time about you and I said, yeah, uh, I went to see Brett. I was in pain and uh, nobody told me. And I go, remember when you were a little kid and you'd go up to your parents and you'd be like, ma, it hurts when I do this. And they would say, well, stop doing that. <laughs> right, right. Like, that's pretty much the medical advice that I got, you know? Yeah. So it's really, that's really great. Okay. So I love your answer. I want to highlight this because I didn't respond right away. Um, having difficult conversations with patients, you said, well, really right now, it's just about telling them the truth. Yeah. Who doesn't like, thank you. Because I know I have friends. Um, I've known people who have felt like medical mysteries. They felt like people don't know what's wrong with me. And it's just such a relief. Even sometimes if it's, I don't know the solution yet, just to be told something, just to be told like, this is what it could be. This is what I'm hearing, like, or this is the truth. This is what I'm right. seeing. Even that can be such a relief. Totally. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Okay. 
Because this, like the, like the woman dealing with the hip issue that went to the three chiropractors. Yeah. Um, it's been, you know, I just finished writing her note the other night and it was, it's been present since 2014. Right. And so now it's just like, here's what it is. And she's like, oh, well, that's helpful. You know, (laughs) isn't that just to know? Yeah. So don't do these three things and you should be better. It's you're not going to increase that range of motion by much, but at least pain level comes down. I love that you deal with people on that one-to-one basis and that you're really interested in serving. Like, you know, it's so easy. Like one of the things I can't stand in my industry is like, and whatever, uh, people know me that I just kind of speak my mind, but it's like three quick tips to blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look, I am never going to do probably, I shouldn't say never. I will probably never do a thing that's like three ways to be more spiritual. Like, I'm just not going to do that. So I like that you really listen for what each individual person is presenting with. And it's why like, you're not on here like, okay, let's just give them three quick tips for back pain. You know, it's like, no, because every situation in person, age, background, what they've put their bodies through, like all these things, right? Make a difference. Yeah. And you see patterns for sure. Right. Um, And then sometimes you see the same patterns over and over and over. In the culture, Uh, you mean in, in a bunch of different people. Yeah. Right. So you have like, I would say just in my mind, how I see it is like three different types of lower back pain. And I'm not talking about disc herniations, or I'm talking about the motion movements that make symptoms worse, right? Arching back is a pain generator, right? Flexion rounding is a pain generator. Um, And then you have the people that have instability, right? Like there's instability in the joint. So quick, sudden movements are uncomfortable. So, and they, and all these people have patterns. They have very similar histories. You know, Mm -hmm. I ask questions about someone will say, Oh, it hurts when I sit for a long time. And I'm like, okay, does it hurt when you're sitting or is actually hurt when you stand up from sitting? They're like, Oh, it's when I stand up. I'm like, okay, that's totally different. You know? Yeah. So so, it's feeding them like a little information of just my experience to help navigate a bit. Yeah. You asked me that question actually last time I came. I did. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, okay. So I said, I'm probably sitting too much because I'm working at my computer writing or whatever. And you're like, yeah, but does it hurt when you're just sitting there? I'm like, no, when I'm sitting there, it's fine. It's when I stand up and go to walk and I'm like, oh, Jesus. Oh. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, so what um, do you think, you know how people say uh, sitting is the new smoking? Like, do you find that most people with, okay, let's talk about this. I cannot are you seeing a lot of neck humps from people being on their phones a lot? Like, are you seeing any patterns since technology sitting for computer work and these little devices? Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, neck pain for being on the computer for long periods. um, A lot of times that's an ergonomic setup, right? And what I tell people often is, this is just a good example, right? Like you can, go to a chiropractor, you can do PT, you can get injections, you can do all these things. But if the motion or the pattern that's making your symptoms worse does not change, it's going to come back. Right. And so that's like, that is like 
what everything I do is built on is like identifying what is this that's making you worse? What are you doing? Are you, are you typing out like this with your hands way out? Are you holding your arms up against gravity for eight hours a day? Well, no kidding, your neck hurts, right? So <laughs> we have to bring the keyboard closer. So there's, there's, that's a huge part of what I do, right? Is, is really just identifying the patterns of people are making things worse for themselves without even knowing it. Oh, Jesus. Dude, you just described my whole business. <laughs> yes. Getting out of our own way. Yeah. Yeah. So assessing by asking questions, but a person also has to be aware enough of themselves and their environment to be able to report back to you. This is what's going on. These are the patterns that I'm seeing because, you know, it's like we, we, I usually say we are the reason that we find ourselves where we are. Right. And so, and what you're saying is there's no quick, the the quick fix. It's not like, oh, take a pill or do this. It's, I need you to participate in the role of your own healing. You need to be proactive in your own healing. Yeah. Like just a a great example that I, one of the things I see a lot, and we can go back to the sitting is, is the sitting, the new smoking. You know, one of the things that I see is like the extension, right? We talked about leaning back, arching your back. Yeah. Jam the joints, like the facet joints in there, which are the, you know, where the two vertebrae come together. And that's pain. That's a painful pattern. But what people don't realize often is that when they stand and they're on their feet for long periods, they're actually standing with their kind of abdominal area kind of opened up and their back arched, right? It's called that anterior pelvic tilt or a increased lower doses of, of the, the lower, lower back. back. Yeah. It's like sticking your bucket so, butt out a little duck butt a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It hurts when I stand for more than 10 minutes. Um, I just have to teach that person how to stand differently, right? Like they're in their own way. They're like, Oh, it feels weird when I do that. But if I have them stand, I change their pelvic position, you did create, that to space, me. create some space. They're like, Oh, when I rotate my pelvis like that, when I stand, my pain goes away. You're like, wait, I know I need to be very clear for the audience. He's yeah. not saying this, but this is me in my head when I hear no shit, Sherlock. You're like, right. yeah, no shit, Sherlock. You the thing is, like, people don't know where to get relief. Exactly. Right? They, don't to, they don't know the position to put their body in to say, okay, this this actually feels pretty good. I should stay in this position rather than the one that hurts. Yeah. You you said that to me. You're like, so when you stand, you kind of and you told me you're like, you have a back or a body that does not really love extension. Because mm-hmm. whenever I do it in an extreme way, right, I get that, oh, that like thing in my lower back. And we, we talked about this. And I think this would be helpful for some people. Um, call it a weak spot. Call it a previously injured spot. Do we have places in our body that tend to be more prone to maybe something happening if it's a previous site of injury? Or do you think all things can kind of do you, do you, do you, am I? Yeah, am I, I think question? I know what you're talking about. There, there's always that. So the number one risk of injury is previous injury. Uh, like always. Right. So yeah. if you've injured your back before you do have a better chance of doing that again in the gotcha. future. Um, but like, it doesn't have to be like that. And it's not always like that. You know, I will often see people that come in, um, you know, Bob comes in, I'm like, Bob, I haven't seen you in a couple of years. What's going on? He's like, oh, you remember that thing? My back, it's back. It came back. Mm-hmm. So it definitely happens. Uh, and, yeah. it, and it's all about structure, right? Like some people have structural issues, whether it's stenosis or 
um, arthritic changes, you know, certain cur- scoliosis, whatever it is. Some people have really significant structural issues that, you know, you can make them more comfortable, but sometimes it's just, it is. Can, I ask, can I ask you a question? Because you mentioned structure and this idea just popped into my head. So in yoga, we used to talk about like when we're doing a standing pose, at least that um, it all begins in the feet. Right. So do you think that whether you're flat footed, high arch, do you think a lot of the way that the body is stacked on top of each other, does it start where you make contact with the earth? Is that an, a fair assessment or no? I just want to. That is, that is a fair assessment. However, I wanted the however. That's what I. Yeah, go ahead. However, um, because you have flat arches doesn't mean that it's causing your back pain. Gotcha. Right. Um, if you want, let's say we, cause we talked about the pain when you go into extension and arch your back. If you want to fix that, you have to address that first. Right. And then if there's issues, then you work down the chain a little bit, but yeah, that the flat feet, the overpronation, it's, it's gray area really. Right. Well, like, I, I'm just, it makes me think of that song we learned as kids, right. The, the ankle bones connected to the shin bone, the shin bones connected yeah. to the knee bone, the knee bones connected to the whatever. So you start to think like, okay, then there's the fascia, right? All that connective tissue, all this stuff. So, um, you know, it makes you just, I, I actually find the, the human body a total wonder. Like, I just think the fact that I'm like, do you know the, the I, I, how many things can go wrong? It's a miracle that we're up usually like walking around and driving cars and like doing stuff. There are so many moving bits and pieces and parts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the foot bones connected to the ankle bone, there's, <laughs> there's something called the joint by joint approach. And a good way to look at that building block is that I think it was Mike Boyle actually that put this together, but he, I think it was him, but, and this is maybe a decade ago, um, but the foot itself craves stability right? That's what it wants. The ankle above wants stability, right? So you can see the people that are flat fit or or overpronating, right? That the foot wants stability. The ankle needs mobility. Yeah. The knee stability, the hip mobility, fascinating, low back stability. stability. Yeah. So it's just this building block of yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I love all this. Okay. We only have a couple of minutes. So I'm good for a little bit. Okay. Here's, yeah. here's the thing. Um, and you can, you can take a pass on these questions if you want to. Okay. What are the, some of the things in your industry right now that you think you and your fellow brethren are really getting right? Like what's some of the, um, new treatments coming out that you really feel are effective or evidence-based? Anything that lights you up besides ART, besides dry needling? Yeah. Um, There is so a few things that we have been trying to incorporate in our clinic. Um, One in particular that's been pretty, pretty awesome. We've had the machine for about a year, but it's called Shockwave. Okay. Tell us about it. And it's, yeah. So there's a lot of great published research out right now and what it is. It's this like gun that you hold up to someone's tissue. So it's most beneficial for chronic 
tendinopathies. Tendinopathy is a generic word for tendinitis or tendinosis, right? Yeah. So if someone has a, it's most been researched with plantar fasciitis, uh, Achilles tendinitis. So it's used for those people that have tried everything, have struggled and have not had any success. So this like a wave, a light wave or something, what is it? So it's pr- air pressure waves, like pressure oh. waves through this gun that goes into the tissue. And it's like this tap, 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 tap kind of you know, sound is pretty loud. And the idea is you bring that intensity up. So the, the patient has eh, like a six out five, six out of 10, like it's not very comfortable. And that creates like blood flow Mm. into that area. So it's almost like a stimulation of the tissue because a lot of those tendons, the, the fat, the plantar fascia, there's not a lot of blood supply. It's not very vascular. So finding a way to increase that blood flow is huge. So usually you treat, you know, three or four times consistently. And then within five or six weeks following the initial treatment is when you start noticing some changes. So we just had, I had someone come down from Lubbock, Maine, five hours for this because they're looking everywhere, treatment for it, and they can't find it. And then yesterday, someone from Essex Junction, Vermont, so that's, you know, they're coming a long it. way for it. I love it. That's and it's what, been, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. We're still kind of new to it a little bit, but we're seeing some great results with people that have just not gotten anywhere. So, um, all right. I have a flip question to this, but I just want to ask you, so like, what makes you decide? Like, so you're the guy you're, at least it seems to me, please correct me. Cause again, I go back to your list of continuing ed and all the things that you do. You love to learn. You're excited and passionate about this field that you're in. So what makes you go like, all right, cause I know a machine like that probably isn't cheap. So I'm going to make this investment. So are you like constantly reading journals, going to things where you like, how do you decide like, this is a therapy that I trust or believe in enough that I'm going to bring it into my thing. So how do you find these things? Well, it took me two years to finally purchase it. Yeah. I'm slow to things just in general, but I want to, I want to make good decisions. I want to be able to offer someone an option, right. For plantar fasciitis, they've done plantar fasciitis. They've done everything and nothing's worked. Right. So it's like, what else can we offer? Is there anything else? And I start, I was starting to refer out for it. Yeah. And those people were coming back like, thank you so much. It was so helpful. That shockwave like, that was amazing. I'm like, all right, that's it. We're getting on. <laughs> all right. Well, let me, all right. Hey, so while we're on that, because it got me thinking about that. Okay. So now you're bringing in this machine and this modality and whatever. Do you have any kind of dream or vision? I think it's really powerful to speak things out into the universe. And if you're like, oh, I'm not ready to talk about that, that's fine. But you have kind of out, not outgrown your space, but you're bumping up against the edges. Do you ever think about expanding or having more locations or having a, a bigger footprint or a larger building or something like that? Uh, there's always room for growth. Yeah. I have all kinds of Dreams. fantasies, right? Of things, how I see, like at the end, you know, how I see things. And it's just chipping away at it one day at a time, you know, moving in the direction of your dream. Yeah. But having, like I said, having the one-stop shop, having the place where you have really good providers, yes. whatever their credentials are, 
um, having a place where people can work out and train in a safe environment, right. With, with supervision from physical therapists or chiropractors, you know what I mean? Like having some really high quality supervision, especially for people that get stuck. Like I have the shoulder pain every time I go back to CrossFit, it's like, comes back. It's like, okay, what can we do differently? And being able to manage that situation better. So this person continues to get their workouts in, but maybe we find, you know, other approaches. I love, see, that's one part of the dream you've never told me before. Like if you had like, it sounds like a gym, but like more than that, right? So a gym it's like for uh, 45 year olds and older. Yeah. <laughs> like functional fitness. Yeah, right. Right. Like really yeah. smart having somebody keep an eye on you because I'm sure no knock, no knock on CrossFit or whatever. Cause there's a thousand ways to hurt yourself at the gym. Yeah. CrossFit's it's got its pros and cons and it all depends on the coaches always. Thank you. Cause I was going to ask you that, but thank you for, yeah. for answering. All right. So I love this vision cause that's a new piece of it. Um, and I look, here's the thing. I, I already just see it as done. I'm just going to hold it. I'm going to hold the vision in my mind right. as done. Okay. Yeah. I think it's powerful. Okay. This is kind of, uh, again, you can take a pass on this or not. What are some things in your industry or your field that kind of piss you off or you're not, you don't like, or are there any trends or things that you're seeing that you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. Or I got my own opinions on that or whatever. Yeah. I mean, feel like sharing one or two before we go. Like my, my industry, if, if we just call it chiropractic, right. Yes. And that's not, that's not how I see really myself, yes. honestly, but like, it's, it's a touchy one. It's, it's the groups and, you know, maybe I could offend some people, but like it's, okay. it's groups that want to see you three times a week for six months and then two times a week for the next three months. And, and they're not, in my opinion, they're addressing the curvature of the spine. Right. And that's what they're trying to fix, but they're not addressing like the actual problem. And so it, I think that that's in the chiropractic profession, there are like two very different chiropractors everything in between too sure so you have those chiropractors that are that practice like that like that is their you know we don't take insurance it's it's this much money you have to pay you have to sign a contract I'm yes just like, i have been to about? those offices yeah. i have been to those offices so there's that and then you have you know another group that wants to work with the medical medical community um but not like but give a different alternative, right? Like this is a very different alternative. And if we need to use the other sort resources, then we can do that. Yeah. I mean, so I, I don't know. I think that just, it's just not how I practice. I appreciate it. Uh, and to handed. each their own, right. And no knock on anybody. Everybody has the right to do and practice how they want to practice. I, agree. Just, I think that's where the common voice for our profession, there's no single voice. Right. And I yeah. think, that's well, I, I mean, difficult. I, you think it's difficult? It becomes difficult. What, right? how, what do you mean by that? That there's not one united voice. Yeah. Because it's almost like why people, when I say I kind of, people say to me, do you still teach yoga? And I say, yeah, I, I'll always, yoga 
what yoga really means and what it really is will always be a part of my life. I occasionally, you know, come out and teach classes and stuff. and I have a blast and I love it. But what I started to see happen in the overall became like a fucking circus, man. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just kind of slowly moonwalking out of this, whatever this shit show is becoming, yeah, you know, yeah. um, because I started to see too much overall. And I started feeling like to be called a yoga teacher didn't feel like it's kind of what you were saying with like, quote unquote, chiropractor, right? right? I was like, ooh, this, ooh, I don't know about this label or this box and what the public generally has come to think of this thing. And I've always just liked doing my own thing. I think that's one of the things I love about you is that even though you're not just a quote unquote, and I don't mean that negatively, right? No, no, no of course a chiropractor. Not. You have these other um, points of view, these other scopes, these other interests, this, you have other, um, you have all these different aspects that you bring into the, to your particular healing modality. And I think what most people are attracted to is not just you as a human being, your energy, then your knowledge. It's that you do kind of take a more holistic, whole, sure. uh, more well-rounded, I would say, approach to things, yeah. which is one of your superpowers. Superpowers. <laughs> it is. All right. Is there any question that I didn't ask you that you that, that you wished I asked you? Is there anything else that you would just want to leave a listener or somebody who, whatever, might be in pain or somebody who's curious? And we'll talk about how to get in touch with you and stuff. But is there anything else that's maybe on your mind or in your heart that you want to share before we I let you go? Yeah. If you don't find the right person to help you with your pain, discomfort, whatever the issues are, and you're not satisfied, like keep looking. Yeah. That's one of the it things works. I wanted to say, how do you determine if you have the right clinician helping you? It's just a connection. I think, I think a lot of it, you know, the connection, there's gotta be some empathy. You can't be rushed. You can't, you know, you have to have your story heard, um, which is getting more and more difficult, right? Especially with people that accept insurance and all that. It's, 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 it's hard, but, um, but good people are out there, right? And yeah. it's not, you hear a lot of negative about the medical community, right? About not spending enough time, not listening. And that's, you got to find someone that will do those things. Dude, that's like the perfect. And you don't have to look that far, you guys, because he's right here. You're looking at his face right now. So if yeah. you live in the Concord, New Hampshire area, look, look, here's the beautiful thing about New England. Let me say this. You can drive to like five different states in one day. So if you're in Maine, Vermont, you know, uh, Massachusetts, whatever, and you're suffering and you're in pain and you want one of the best. Um, I used to send, I was the yoga teacher for the Manchester Monarchs professional hockey team for like five years. And I used to talk to people all the time and say, if you, if you're guys like, you know, I'm like, you guys probably have a guy, but if you need a guy, go see my guy yeah. and all the triathletes that I've worked with over the years, anybody who ever has having some sort of a pain, that's not going away from massage or stretching or whatever. I always, always, always send them to you. And so I'm going to do the same thing here. So if you, you can hear the sound of my voice <laughs> and you are suffering or you have a loved one. Right. If you have a loved one who's in, in any kind of pain, here's a, an idea that just popped into my head, too, because I don't know. Do you ever what do you think about adjustments for babies or children? Do you think little kids need that? Because I've been seeing some videos lately of people adjusting like little, little, little <clears throat> people. 
Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I don't get it. Excellent. I don't think, I think babies are perfect, right? When they come out. If, so if someone, I, this is interesting you bring this up because this is a question I've been getting more recently. Like, do you adjust babies? I'm like, no, like, of course not. For me, it's like, no, why would you do that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, we could spend a whole nother podcast on that. Or maybe I'll have to have you come back. uh, (laughs) But I just think that like, you know, unless your baby is colicky or has a torticollis, like their neck is all twisted and stuck. Yes. Like there's an option for that. But if your baby is functioning fine, I mean, I don't get adjusted a lot. Like if my neck hurts, I go see my guy right next door. He takes care of me. So maybe I get adjusted two, three times a year. Noah, it's when it hurts. Yeah. So I don't know. There's a, no, I don't, I don't love that. All right. That, that thank you for saying that. Um, yeah. cause I, I see, cause that's the thing. Here's the other thing too, this day and age with the internet and anybody with a, any knucklehead with, with a phone can like right. put content out. And I just see things sometimes like, you know, again, and no offense. I have friends, I, I, people I think are lovely human beings who are also in your kind of field. And there's like, you know, you see the, I don't know what those things are called. The, the punchy things, the little, the things that activator activator. Yeah. Sometimes I like to call it the clicker, the clicker. Yeah. 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 I'm like, okay. Like, so and when you're just a regular person, who's not like, didn't go to school for this shit, you're like, I don't know if this is hocus pocus or if this really helps or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to use your discernment and really is what he said really matters. Find somebody who listens, who pays attention, who's empathetic. You can tell it's an energetic hit too. It needs to be yeah. a good fit. So like they would say in uh, like 12 step programs, when, when somebody first becomes sober, they would say something like, go to at least six meetings, like find your meetings, find your people or whatever. And I said that about yoga. I used to say, if you come to a yoga place, check out a few different studios, a few different teachers, a few different times, class times, same thing, right? But when you find your person, Man, it's like striking gold. And that's how I feel. That's how I feel about you, my friend. So just thank you so much. You guys, if you want to get in touch with Brett, all his links and stuff will like be down there. But the website is performancehealthnh.com. Okay. And then there's also a Facebook page. And then on Instagram, it's performancehealth underscore right? NH. And that's how you find these guys. And uh, Brett, just thank you so much for being on the show. It was such a pleasure. You're welcome. And hey, you better start building that new building or getting more space. Because I'm telling you, people are going to hear this. And they're going to be like, doo, doo, doo. and you're you're already so in demand. And I think that the way people appreciate you, respond to you and love you and your team and your crew and your front desk and Jen and everybody uh, speaks for itself. So I hope that you um, I hope that you can receive uh, the glory, the glory and the bounty of all the love that you put out into the world. Right. Thank you for having me. And you do great things. I would not be, I'm here because of you. Right Thank here. you, sweetheart. <laughs> I appreciate you. All right, everybody. As I always end the show, say the same thing. It's I say it because I mean it. Okay. Wherever you go, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, and the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may people be happier for you haven't been there. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye.
guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.